welcome back to the Girl on Fire podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about brokers. What are they and how do you choose one? We're also going to be comparing some of the popular brokerage options in Australia, and I'll have everything linked in the show notes for you. This episode is kind of the first in a two-part series, because next week we're going to be talking about brokerage costs and how much you really need to start investing in the stock market. We've got a lot to cover today, so let's jump right in. First of all, what is a broker? Shares or stocks are a piece of a company that you own. You can buy and sell them on an exchange like the ASX. These trades are executed by a broker. Now, in the olden days, a broker was an actual stockbroker person. It was an actual man who would make these trades. And you would pay him a fee called brokerage and usually also a commission based on the value of your transaction. But these days, you don't need to find a human stockbroker. The big banks offer online brokerage services. And over time, a lot of other institutions and even apps have popped up that execute stock market trades for you as well. This will become a lot clearer as we dive into this episode and especially in next week's episode, but choosing the right broker has an impact on your investments and your finances. You're giving these people your money to execute trades based on your instructions. Sometimes it's a few hundred dollars, sometimes it's thousands. So you want to make sure that you're doing your research, weighing up your options and choosing the best broker for your needs. Of course, you can switch brokers in the future, but it's probably easier just to get it right the first time. So now that you know what a broker is and what they do, how do you choose one? There are a lot of options out there, so it can be tricky. I've got a list of seven things you need to look for in a broker when you're making your choice. The first thing you need to consider is what type of broker fits your needs. All brokers generally fall into three main categories, full service brokers, discount brokers, and robo-advisors. Full service brokers provide tailored recommendations and investment advice. They sometimes even provide tax advice and estate planning. So you as the investor don't have to be fully hands-on, but they do charge a higher brokerage fee and commissions for doing most of the work. This is a popular option for beginners because there is a lot of work that's done for you. I still think beginners should take the time to learn, not just because it's a more cost-effective way of investing, but because you'll prioritize your own best interests more than anyone else will. Brokers sometimes earn commissions based on the value of your trade, not your returns. So they actually don't have a lot of incentive to maximize your returns. Full service brokers are also a popular option for people who just don't have the time to learn or do their own research. Discount brokers mainly provide a platform to execute the trade and some customer service. They might provide information and data, but they don't provide recommendations. It's up to you as the investor to do all your own research and decide what you want to invest in. Most discount brokers are online these days. It's not like you need to call someone up to make a trade for you. The fees and commissions they charge are usually a lot lower than what a full service broker will charge you. And finally, robo-advisors generally have little to no human interaction at all. They're a digital platform that uses software and algorithms to manage your investments, which allows them to keep costs super low. Let's take a quick break to talk about my amazing sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my patrons. Their support allows me to create really awesome podcasts every week. My patrons get amazing benefits for supporting this show, like branded merch, my investment and fire calculator spreadsheet, digital goodies, and a chance to chat with me one-on-one. If you'd like to show your support by becoming a patron, just click the link in the show notes. 
The next thing you really want to be looking out for is a broker that is reputable and secure. This is super, super important. Brokers execute trades using your money. So whether it's a living human stockbroker or an online broker, you need to 100% trust them with your money. When you're researching brokers in Australia, make sure they have an AFSL. That's an Australian Financial Services License. Holders of an AFSL are governed by ASIC, so they have some pretty strict rules to follow to make sure they don't mess around with your money. This means that they have a fiduciary duty to act in your best interests. The last thing you want is someone taking your money to execute a trade and acting unethically or misusing your money. That's exactly what happened with Robinhood in the US pretty recently. They were allowing a third party to execute trades on their behalf and paying them a fee using the investor's money. The good news is that business models like Robinhood are actually illegal in Australia. They're banned by ASIC. For online brokers, you also want to make sure they have the proper bank-level online security and encryption. It's also worth noting that the more established brokers will probably have a more reputable history to back them up. They're less likely to mess around with your money than the new kid on the block. So this is something you absolutely need to make sure of before you switch to a new broker. You can also look for reviews online or awards from reputable organizations like Canstar. The next thing to look for is whether or not your trades will be chess sponsored. Chess is basically an overly complicated term that simply means that the ASX is keeping a list of who owns what shares. When you trade through a broker that offers chess sponsorship, you're provided with a HIN, a holder identification number. It means that you own the shares directly instead of someone else owning them on your behalf. So you receive the dividends and you can vote. And the ASX recognizes that you are the actual shareholder. When you trade through brokers like Comsec or Selfwealth, your trades are chess sponsored. But some platforms, for example, the app Raise, work on a custodial model. That means that you don't actually own any shares. Raise owns them on your behalf. As far as I'm aware, Superhero also doesn't actually issue hints to investors either. All trades are executed under Superhero's own hint. That means that the ASX doesn't know that you own the shares. And it's something that's going to become a problem if the company goes under and it's being liquidated to pay back shareholders because you aren't actually a shareholder. Next, you want to make sure that your broker offers a way for you to do your research. If you go with a full service broker, they will likely do all the legwork for you. And with robo-advisors, you probably have very little, if any, control over what you actually invest in. But if you choose a discount broker, it's going to be your responsibility to do the research and decide what to invest in. And in order to do that, you need more than just sensational headlines, rumors, and stock tips from randos on the internet. You'll need to look at historical performance and company data like market announcements, financial information, and financial ratios. We'll go through how to read and understand financial statements in a future episode. But for now, it's important to know that you need access to that information in order to do your own research. Brokers like Comsec and Selfwealth provide this kind of information. I'd say Comsec probably provides the most information. And this brings me to my next point, live market data. This is super important, especially if you're going to be choosing what stocks to trade. You need to know the price of what you're buying and selling, and that's where the live market data comes in. Stock prices fluctuate all day. So it's important to have the live data so that you're making trades with all the right information. 
you need to be able to execute trades at certain prices and set limits to stop a trade from going through if the price rises or falls outside of a certain range. And it's not just price movements. You also need to be able to see market depth and the volume of how many shares are being bought and sold. Most broker platforms should provide you with this. I know that Comsec and Selfwealth do. Superhero is a new online broker on the scene, and they do provide live market data, but you have to pay a $9 monthly membership for it. With apps like Raise, it actually makes no difference whether they provide you with live data or not, because you're not the one who actually decides what to trade in. The next thing to consider when choosing a broker is reporting capability. You need complete transparency over where your money is and how it's doing. Your broker should be able to show you the historical performance of your portfolio. Where are your gains coming from? How much of your return comes from capital gains and how much from dividends? Some brokers also provide information for your tax return, which is super helpful as well. But it's important to know where your money is invested. And the last thing you need to consider when choosing a broker is costs. It's super important that you understand all the costs and fees associated with using the different brokers out there. Keeping these costs at a minimum is really important. You want a cost-effective option, but you don't want to cheap out for something that's low quality. When you trade on the stock market, you'll pay a brokerage fee to your broker, and that's something that's set by the broker. Depending on the broker you choose, you may also need to pay a commission, which is a percentage of the value of your trade, or sometimes it'll be a cut of your returns. Some brokers also charge you for ongoing account keeping and maintenance or administrative fees. And these days, some will also charge you a monthly membership fee for advanced capabilities and additional information. Understanding these costs is so important because the higher the costs are, the less money you have left to actually invest. Now, we're going to be talking about costs in a lot more detail next week, so make sure you're subscribed and ready for that episode when it drops. And that's all I have for you girls on fire today. On next week's episode, we're going to be talking about how much money you actually need to get started investing in the stock market. This is something that trips up a lot of new investors. It's going to be super interesting, so you're definitely not going to want to miss it. I'd love it if you would please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It's a small effort on your part that really helps me out. I don't want you to miss any future episodes, so be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. If you found this episode interesting or helpful, then please share it with someone who you think would enjoy it too. As always, a massive thank you to my patrons for supporting this show. Their support makes it possible for me to create and share this content and grow this podcast. If you want to support the Girl on Fire podcast, head to Patreon and become a patron. All the links are in the show notes. My patrons get amazing benefits for supporting this show, like branded merch, my investment and fire calculator spreadsheet, digital goodies, and a chance to chat with me one-on-one. There are a number of tiers you can join or you can pledge a custom amount that suits you. Thanks for listening and I'll chat to you in the next one. Bye!